If you need a laugh, here on your behalf It's bad mates, are we fighting crime? Or just wasting time? It's bad mates, lunch, boom, crash, kapow Stream a download, holy cow You can stop listening now to bad mates Because we're bad mates Hello and welcome to Batmates. Listen to this. You know what that sound is? That sound of silence? As a squeak-free chair. We have new chairs, everyone. We have new chairs. If we sound more comfortable, that's why. We are. I am way more comfortable than I have ever been in my entire life. Really? Yeah. Uh, So my name is Becca, and you're the second man who killed me this week, but I've got seven lives left. My name is Josh, and please remember to keep control of the pet population and spay and neuter your pets. I'm feeling a sense of deja vu, like I've maybe used that quote before. Yeah, I think you did in episode three of our podcast for Mm. Catwoman. Mm. Our very first podcast with a new microphone. Yes. And this is our very first podcast with the new chairs. (gasps) (gasps) When we do our next cat villain, who knows what else will be new. (laughs) New home. New house. Maybe. New cat. New recording studio. We'll get a recording studio with all those like egg crate thingies on the wall. Yeah, a little soundproof. No trains going by. It'll be wonderful. Maybe a new cat. No. Yes. (laughs) Write into uh, batmatespodcast at gmail.com with all the reasons that you think Josh and I should get a new cat. No. Yes. (laughs) Do that. We're not getting a new cat. We get, we clean the litter too much already. Mm. Could definitely do more. They they make those litter boxes now where you don't actually have to like. I know what you're talking about. Automatic ones. Yes. Yes. I'll get one of those. Speaking of cats. Speaking of cats, this week we're talking about Catman. Yeah. We're not saying Batman wrong. Yeah. Even though this is a Batman podcast, this is Catman. Catman. The maybe famous, maybe infamous Batman villain. Why not both? He could be both. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Um, before we get into that, do you want to do news? I do. I have just a couple pieces of news for this week. Okay. Uh, DC Fandom. Mark your calendars. Oh yeah, it's happening again. It's happening. Uh, October 16th. So a little later in the year, uh, Hmm. than we hoped. Uh, not really that, like, Comic-Con August time. A little later in the fall. Uh, but October 16th. And we're hopeful that we'll get a new trailer for The Batman. Yeah. Maybe a trailer for The Flash. Okay. Is there any specific DC updates that you're hoping to see from fandom? Well, any any first looks or trailers? I, I, I think that the the Gotham Knights video game got pushed to like November of this year or something. Mm-hmm. So we might get more info or maybe more gameplay trailers for that. Yeah. Although I kind of don't want to watch too much because I don't want to get spoiled. Yeah. I like want to play through and have it all be new and fresh. Yeah. I hope we get more of the Suicide Squad game. Yeah, that, that would be nice fun. because I think last year, like when they showed it off, it was just like a cinematic or whatever. It wasn't yeah. actual footage of gameplay. I would love I would, gameplay. I would really like to see what the gameplay is like because mm-hmm. it kind of looks like it's like a four-person arena shooter kind of deal. Mm-hmm. I don't know. It's really weird. Well, it's made by Rocksteady, so I have mm-hmm. to imagine it's similar gameplay to any of the other Arkham games. Maybe. I don't know. It's multiplayer for sure. Mm-hmm. It's like up to four people. 
Yeah. It's weird that Rocksteady and uh, WB Montreal are both coming out with like Batman games Mm -hmm. in the same year that are all like, well, multiplayer Batman-esque universe games. Yeah, it is weird that they're both multiplayer, Mm -hmm. but the fact that um, one of them is Batman and the other one is Suicide Squad, I think is pretty neat. Yeah. I'm excited to see a Suicide Squad game. I don't think we've ever gotten one of those ever. Yeah. Do you think uh, there's Oh, you know be- what? Lego DC Super Villains yeah. is probably the closest we've gotten. No, it totally is. <laughs> um, do you think there's going to be like a big thing in between like uh, people who are like, yeah, Rocksteady is the best. No, WB Montreal is the best. And people are going to pit the two games against each other? Mm, no, I don't think so. I think they're going to be different enough in like genre mm-hmm. and, and, and substance. They're going to be their own separate things. I think the gameplay is going to be very similar. Okay. That's what, I'm, that's what I'm thinking. Okay. We already know that Gotham Knights isn't going to be too similar to the Arkham games. It's going to have like an RPG kind of upgrade system. Hmm. Interesting. Yeah. I mean, well, um, the Arkham games also had sort of like an upgrade system. Well, they had like more... skill trees and stuff. It didn't have skill trees. Well, I guess it kind of did, but uh-huh. it... It had more of like a Metroid, like you unlock new new weapons and stuff. It was skill trees disguised as like weapons upgrades. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Okay. Okay. What's next? Um, we hear a Batmates offer a giant congratulations to Zatanna screenwriter Emerald Fennel for winning the Oscar for best screenplay. Hmm. Not for Zatanna. That'd be hilarious. That movie's not out yet. Uh, she won it for her movie, Promising Young Woman, which is a good movie, and you should watch it. Oh. It's on a streaming service. I'm sure you can figure it out. <laughs> but really good movie. She won the Oscar for Best Screenplay, which at this point is kind of just the Oscar that they give to the movie that, like, is just a little too controversial to win Best Picture. Really? Like, Get Out won Best Screenplay, this one Best Screenplay. It's those movies that, like, the Academy wants to be like, oh, no, we're woke. We care about black people and women but no best picture is still gonna go to this one sorry Mm. but you get best screenplay oh also best director is like best screenplay is usually like sort of a like a consolation prize to like writer directors who are like a little out there like emerald fennel was the writer director for uh promising young women jordan peele won best screenplay for get out Mm. which he also directed he didn't win best director it's really weird that the academy doesn't just give it to the best screenplay or the best director <laughs> I know I mean both of those movies have great screenplays seems like there's a lot of politics that goes on there yeah you know it's a lot there's a lot we could say about the academy but this is not a movies podcast watch out for that that's that'll be my next one hmm. that'll be with my next fiance <laughs> what yeah <laughs> yeah that's really all the news it was kind of a slow news week okay yeah you want to get into squad goals <laughs> This week's oh okay okay. (laughs) This week's squad goals is for Blackguard, uh, and I'm excited because he's a Booster Gold villain. Yay! Listener, longtime listeners of the podcast might know that I am a Booster Gold fan. Uh, Maybe the only Booster Gold fan. I that's not true. There's other people who like Booster Gold. I think. Okay. Not as much (laughs) as you do. Maybe. Uh, I'm excited. So this he's going to be played by Pete Davidson. And I was skimming over the comic where he made his first appearance, which is in the Booster Gold, like, self-titled comic. And a direct quote from Skeets in that is, Blackguard's role in history is small. 
<laughs> Can you explain to the listeners who Skeets is? Oh, yeah. So Booster Gold is a time traveler from the future who stole weapon technology from the future like hero museum Mm -hmm. and uses it to become a superhero sort of with the idea that he'll get like famous Mm -hmm. and one of the one of the he brings like a sidekick with him basically and it's a robot named skeets who has a vast knowledge of the past which is like our present gotcha um and also serves as sort of a straight man for booster gold to play against sometimes Mm. okay so anyway blackguard uh, his real name is Richard Hertz, which is hilarious because not only does it make his nickname Dick Hertz, but also because the first time that Booster defeats him in the comic, he tricks Blackguard into shocking himself by hitting a power terminal. Nope. And, and his last name is spelled H-E-R-T-Z, like ah. like Hertz, like the energy, the, yeah. the power thing. <laughs> like the car rental place. Yeah, yeah, okay. like the car rental place. Yeah, the one OJ worked for. Uh, so Blackguard is dressed sort of like a knight. He has armor, but he's kind of like a cyber knight because he has a glowing green shield and mace. Mm. And he works for this criminal organization, which is called the 1000, which started out as a group called the 10. Very, very, very creative naming here. They named themselves after how many members they have. Okay. Uh, we are the 658. No, they all, it's always a multiple of 10. So oh, okay. they were the, the 10, and then they were the 100, and then they grew, and then they were the 1,000. Okay. And then I think they got knocked back down to the 100 again. Oh, no. After <laughs> they, COVID layoffs, man. <laughs> the economy. So And the 1,000 was connected to Intergang, who uses weaponry from the new gods of Apocalypse. Mm. Um, so I think that's probably where he gets his energy mace and energy shield that he has. Okay. Um, after failing to defeat Booster Gold twice, they tried to kill Blackguard and Booster, the the 1,000, the members of the 1,000 did. Okay. And he was broken free by the vigilante Thorn, who I had never heard of before. Uh, and he was immediately mind controlled, Mm. But Booster was able to win the fight, and Skeets was able to knock out Blackguard, the mind-controlled Blackguard, by hitting him with another high p- high-powered beam blast. A little later on in the comics, he fought the former Green Lantern Guy Gardner, who now had like a different set of powers that wasn't tied to the Green Lantern ring. And in that comic, Green Lantern, or sorry, Guy Gardner seemingly like incinerates Blackguard. Mm-hmm. But then 10 years later, he shows up and is actually friends with Guy Gardner, and they start a bar together called Dark Side. Ooh, I like it. <laughs> Can I pause Squad Goals to uh, say another piece of news? Sure. HBO Max is currently developing a Green Lantern show, which is going to not just focus on one lantern like Hal Jordan, mm-hmm. uh, but it's actually going to span both decades and galaxies. Huh. And they just announced Finn Wittrock will be playing Guy Gardner oh, in this series. That's pretty cool. So they're going to have a whole lot is, of lanterns. Is Finn Wittrock, is he a redhead like Guy Gardner is? Uh, he usually has black hair, but oh. wigs exist. Oh, that's and... true. Yeah, they can dye his hair and everything. Yeah, he'll be <laughs> fine. He's a really good actor. He's in... Uh, American Horror Story. He's been in a lot of like Ryan Murphy properties. Okay. So. Okay. Should be a good show. Yeah. I'm excited to see what that pig looking guy is yeah. up to. Who's <laughs> part of the Green Lantern Corps. Oh, God. Green Lanterns have a lot of very interesting looking aliens. Yeah. I don't know yet, but I think it's going to have more than just the Green Lantern Corps. 
Oh, okay. And I think it'll go in all the colors. Ooh, Ooh. the whole rainbow. Yeah. Okay, so eventually Blackguard relapses back into crime, and he's recruited for the Suicide Squad uh, while he's serving time in Bell Rev prison. And during his mission, half of the team goes rogue, and he gets his head squeezed off Ugh. by a villain called the General. Ugh. Yeah, I hate it. It's a really gnarly looking panel where it's it's in. Uh, you, you see him get his like neck grasped in one panel, and then the next panel is all in silhouette, and you just see like his blood splattering and the head popping out like off. Gross. <laughs> it's it's really crazy. Okay. Thanks, I hate it. Yeah, well, it's called the Suicide Squad. I guess so. You go into that series expecting people to die. Yeah. Well, uh, Blackguard is in the like first group of people who are with Rick Flagg, who most of them are probably going to die. Uh-huh. So yeah. maybe we'll get a little uh, allusion to that in the actual movie. Hmm. Because Pete Davidson, uh, so far, has not really been in any of the trailers. Hmm. Well, that's all I have to say about Blackguard. Mm -hmm. His last appearance was in 2008. He died, and he hasn't showed up in, like, New 52 or Rebirth. Mm. And he's not really ever been shown in any other... This is, like, his first, like, on-screen portrayal besides yes. the comic? Yeah, yeah. He, he's, like Skeet said, he has a small role in history. I would love to know how James Gunn came up with the characters that he's putting in this movie. Well, it seems like a lot of these characters were in the mid-2000s run of the Suicide Squad. Yeah. Am I wrong about that? I mean, uh, not all of them. Some of them were in, like, the Rebirth run. I really just want to know how the detachable kid got in there. <laughs> I really just feel like he had, like, a list of heroes and just threw a dart at it. Villains, I mean. Or maybe he went on, like, the DC Wiki's randomize feature. Maybe. And just, like, waited until he came to a villain that, like, mentioned the Suicide Squad. Yeah. I want to think that he emailed, like, a bunch of his actor friends and was like, hey, I want you to be in this DC movie. Mm -hmm. Who's your favorite super underrated DC villain? Who's, who's, like, the deepest cut you can think of? Yeah. Well, uh, with that is the end of Squad Goals, mm -hmm. and now we move on to Detective Comics number 311, The Challenge of the Catman. The Challenge! Yeah. <laughs> so this has a cover date of January 1963. We have the writer Bill Finger, penciler and inker was Jim Mooney, the editor was Jack Schiff, and the cover art is done by Sheldon Moldov and Dick Dillon. And before we start, I have quite a bit to say. Okay. So I did want to give some trivia. This is three to four years before Catwoman's Silver Age return. Mm -hmm. So she gets mentioned in this comic, but she actually hasn't appeared for exactly 100 issues. Wow. Catwoman's last appearance was Detective Comics number 211, and this is Detective Comics number 311. Interesting. Yeah. I don't know mm. if they planned it that way, mm -hmm. or if they... It was just sort of like a coincidence that yeah. it was exactly 100 issues. And Catwoman's first appearance was the one we did in episode three, right? Where she's in, like, I'm going to marry Batman. In the Silver Age. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm yeah. About. Hmm. Which was, like I said, that, that was like three years after this comic was yeah. released. Because she gets a name drop in this. Yeah, she does. Quite a bit. She does. Well, it's sort of similar to the way we read that um, Superman Batman comic where, um, what's his face? Two Face. Okay. Was name dropped. Right. And even though he hadn't appeared since the Golden Age, it had been like 10 years or whatever. Mm. So 
Also, I wanted to talk about the ad that's inside the cover for DC Comic Packs. Hmm. This sort of intrigued me because I had never heard of these before. Um, the idea is, the, the ad says, it's a plastic package, it has four comics in it for 47 cents. Which, that's a steal. Which saves you a whopping one penny for bundling. Mm. And it's advertised as a great Christmas gift for you and your friends. I did a little research on these. So, the invention of bundled comics was a direct response to the price raise in 1962. Mm -hmm. I know we've covered the price raise before, but I want to revisit it a little bit. When comic book costs jumped from 10 to 12 cents, it was a... It, you think that that's not much, like we think about 10 to 12 cents today, but that's a 20% increase in cost, yeah. which is really crazy. Um, one publisher tried to go to 15% mm -hmm. and their sales dropped so badly that it like almost put them out of business. Mm -hmm. When DC did their jump in price, their sales dropped by 25% across the board. Um, which did not make up it. They, it's it's thought that they lost like six hundred thousand dollars over the last year. Wow. Yeah. So the idea of these comic packs was to sell to a new market. They were meant to be purchased by relatives for kids, and they would put them at the grocery store checkout, sort of the same way that those little Lego sets are put at the end of of checkout lines. Mm -hmm. And the fact that they were in these sealed plastic packages also prevented them from wear and tear from people like pulling them off the shelf and thumbing through them. Mm -hmm. It also sort of combated returns because the comic packs didn't have the same return policy that regular issues did, mm -hmm. where if a comic company would sell to a distributor, the distributor could return the unsold copies and get um, compensation for that. Yeah, I've seen newsies. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. <laughs> uh, but that didn't stop unscrupulous characters for opening from opening up the packages, taking the issues out, and then returning individual issues, mm. which was not what was supposed to happen. They eventually ended up combating that at like the very end of when comic packs were a thing by marking the covers of the issues differently if oh. they had been in a comic pack. Is this where variant covers came from? I don't think so. It was just a way for the company to tell if it had been something that was in a comic pack so it couldn't be returned if it was. Okay. I like this guy, Johnny DC. Yeah, Johnny DC. Oh, I actually did a little research on him too. He's he's just like a character that shows up in ads and stuff. I think he, he got his own like little mini comic or something that was in the pages of something else. Mm-hmm. It's it's a it's a stick figure man with his his torso is the DC Comics logo. Yeah, he's got a little face, and this one is just like Santa, <laughs> little Santa hat. Uh, can I talk about the cover? Sure. I am obsessed with this giant robotic cat. Yeah. What is his name? I have I've I made a name up for him in my notes. If I go. Will he come? No, it's a robot. I just, I really like the Very fact... Very clearly being controlled by, like, levers on the back. I really love that Catman gave him, like, expressions. <laughs> and when, when he isn't being forced to do violence, does he also like to lay in the sunshine? He's a robot. I love him. He's not a, a real being. I want to pet him. I love him a lot. He would just feel like steel. He's made of metal. I don't care. I'm excited. I'm excited for his adventure. I hope he's the star. Can can I keep talking about comic packs? Now? Yeah, yeah, yeah sure. Okay. So the comic packs did get numbered. DC would number them, but they didn't say on the package exactly what issues you would be getting. 
meaning that you wouldn't be able to tell what comics were in between the first and the last issue, like, in the pack. Mm -hmm. And it was kind of a grab bag unless you had a guide or, like, knew somebody who had already purchased it or something. That seems like a ripoff. Not really. I mean, grab bags are a thing now. People buy, like, those, like, Funko Pop blind bag things. Yeah, I guess. It's a thing. Plus, you're paying one less cent for... (laughs) For four issues. That's true. Are they bundled by, like, character or so, arc? So some of them were. Like, when there was a Bat Pack that came out that would have, like, only Batman issues. And I think they might have done, like, ones that were only Superman issues. But some of them were, like, only Detective Comic issues. So sometimes Detective Comics would have Batman. Sometimes it would have somebody else on the cover. Mm-hmm. At, or, you know, like a Superman or whatever. John Jones. And they would kind of be mixed up. Uh, apparently, this program was a success because DC kept selling po- comic packs up until 1980. Wow. They began in like 1962 and went all, all the way to 1980. And it helped the, sorry, the success of the 1966 Batman television show helped sell these because it drove comic sales. Mm-hmm. And also DC contracted out the distribution to another company that ended up doing comic packs for like all the publishers. So the same company was doing Marvel comics and DC comics and whoever else was play- player at the time. Gotcha. Very cool. Yeah. Pretty neat. And that was a Josh's fact corner. Yes. We forgot to do the jingle, but it was. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And with that, let's jump into the comic. Do you have anything to say about the interior cover, which has the fiddling cat that's dressed in a suit and top hat? Um, I just think he looks great. <laughs> I think uh, I respect him. And he's ready for the night on the town. And I want to go with him. Oh, okay. I don't know. He's not also a robot, but I kind of wish he was. No, this one is a statue. Yeah, I love it. We learn later. This is what I want for my birthday. So <laughs> a two-story tall cat dressed in a top hat? Yeah. Okay. So we open up on Batman and Robin fighting Legs Dalton and his gang, who are robbing a business machine exposition. Do you know why they call them legs? N- no, why? Because they got two legs. Yeah? Yeah. And he knows how to use them. <laughs> and this business machine exposition includes 10-foot-tall filing cabinets, uh, a 10-foot-tall typewriter, and a 10-foot-tall cash register, complete with, like, size-appropriate coins yeah. and dollars and stuff inside of it. Is the cash in the giant register also giant? Yeah. Is this where Batman's giant penny comes from? Oh. I mean, it's not that big. I, the giant penny, I want to say, is, like, 20 feet tall. Mm-hmm. These coins are, like, maybe two or three feet across. I guess. Also, is a giant nickel also worth five cents? If it's made by the treasury, it is. What? Why are they stealing giant money? They're not stealing giant money. They're not? They're stealing regular money. Well, what's the point of them fighting on a giant cash register because they're not stealing the giant money? It's the business machine exposition. And they're just, they're what? They're just stealing the gate? Yeah, the gate receipts. receipts again? <laughs> it's, it's the gate receipts again. Oh, God. I, I don't know. I want them to steal the giant money. I want them hauling out of there with giant quarters strapped to their back. They're probably not worth. They're probably not worth anything because they're sculptures. They're, they're part of the exhibit. Although the interesting thing is that this giant cash register that they're running past is operational mm-hmm. because Batman stops them by activating the cash drawer. Like 
making yeah. the cash drawer pop out and knock them over. I love that. <laughs> so this doesn't have any bearing on the rest of the comic at all. No, not at all. And I was like, what's wrong with legs? They, they're like just immediately fall, like falling all over themselves. I mean, I guess <laughs> Batman did hit them with a giant cash register, but he, <laughs> it's just for him to be like, ah, I'm in action. And the next panel, he's like, don't don't forget, I'm Batman. <laughs> yeah, well, I was going to say, yeah. <laughs> we get one of those classic panels where Robin's like, hey, Bruce, isn't it great that you're also Batman and also Bruce Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, they talk about his secret identity for the millionth time. Yeah. Just so they can get this introduction of him going to Bruce Wayne's lounge and club where he meets Tom Blake. The cat master mm. who captures big cats for circuses and zoos. Okay, call out post to penciler inker Jim Mooney. Mm-hmm. But Tom Blake looks wildly different between panels. Oh, really? Especially between uh, like this one and this one. Both, uh, okay, his hair, his bow tie, and his suit all change colors <laughs> between those. The yellow bow tie, blue bow tie, and then back to yellow. I'm... I'm I'm losing my mind. <laughs> yeah, his hair color changes too, yeah, right? Yeah, it's super weird. It's like dark black and then it's light brown and then it's back to black. You know what? It looks like, because his hair is black and it looks like Bruce Wayne's hair is kind of a light brown in the other panel, maybe he mixed up who was supposed to be who. Yeah. Well, Bruce is in a green chair and Blake is in a red chair and that doesn't change. Yeah. But the perspective does change, which makes it confusing. Yeah. Well, well the, the cat master, he's not sitting down at first. He doesn't have a chair in that first panel he shows. This one? Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess not. This, this comic actually, I think there's another continuity error that I'm going to point out later. So they, they weren't on the ball on this one. Yeah. No, that we need to write a letter to the editor. (laughs) So, yeah, he's a we're, cat master. We're again wrote, writing uh, Sheldon Moldoff from Beyond the Grave. Yeah, Sheldon Moldoff, get at us. We are Actually, it wasn't, upset. it wasn't Sheldon Moldoff. The penciler and inker was Jim yeah, Mooney. Yeah, Jim Mooney. So. I was going to say, to call out post to Jim Mooney. Sheldon okay. Moldoff, my baby can do no wrong. <laughs> Rest in peace. Um, so, yes, he is a circus cat master capturer no no no. he he captures big cats like from africa yeah so they can use them in circuses and zoos so if tom blake was in the real world he would have definitely been in tiger king oh yeah yeah for sure and we do have irrefutable proof in the real world that like i'm gonna call them big cat people Uh are super weird and usually criminals (laughs) in some way or another whether they're uh, abusing animals or stealing money or killing their spouses. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So Tom tells Bruce that his line of work is no longer dangerous and exciting to him. Mm-hmm. He's grown bored of hunting cats mm-hmm. because he knows their habits so so well. And then some schmuck in the background suggests that the two become crime fighters like Batman to stave off boredom, mm-hmm. which is like a ha-ha line because Bruce Wayne is there. It's like, he's already Batman. Yeah. <laughs> we get, we get I think, more than one of these in the comic. Uh, so Tom sort of mulls this over. He goes home and he thinks to himself that he doesn't just want to be a rival crime fighter to Batman. It would be more thrilling and dangerous to become his adversary and pit his wits against Batman. Uh, the only problem is he needs to be unique. So yeah. He needs a gimmick. You gotta get a gimmick. And he needs a theme. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, also, 
he he's feeding his lion, tiger, and cheetahs slabs of meat sprinkled in what the comic goes out of its way to show us is calcium phosphate. Mm. Surprisingly, the comic doesn't describe why he's putting calcium phosphate on there, but I looked it up and it's because it is nutritious for cats. Good. Although an imbalance of calcium to phosphate is bad for cats. Oh, no. It can lead to uh, liver problems. Poor baby. This is also the panel where I understood the connection between his name. Uh, I was typing out Tom's cats and I went, oh, oh I get it. <laughs> Tom cat. Yeah, okay. And Blake because. No, I don't, I don't know what the Blake is about. Okay. Interesting. So after he feeds his cats, he heads to his house where he is greeted by his pet Black Panther, Felina. Mm-hmm. And I have a lot to say about this panel. Okay. So first of all, creative naming there, bud. Right. <laughs> Creative naming to Bill Finger. It's yeah. like, oh, I have another cat character. It's a female cat character, Selena. No, I did that one. Uh, Felina. Mm-hmm. We'll go with that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, secondly, so Tom's room is dressed up in African cultural items like spears and drums, including a mounted head of a lion, which must be gnarly for oh Felina. Oh my God, can you imagine? <laughs> I mean, I know they're like slightly different species, but could you imagine if somebody had like a mounted gorilla head or something in their foyer and were like, yes, and you live with me now. <laughs> it's crazy. I don't like that. Also, today I learned Black Panthers are just leopards with more melanin. Ooh. I looked this up and uh, they're pretty rare. It's like 10% of all leopards or whatever. Yeah. But they're, they have the spots that leopards had. They're just harder to see because of uh, the excess melanin. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Are there white panthers? Like albino ones? Uh, I think there are actually. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Hmm. I so, love cats. <laughs> Felina, when he sees Felina, when Tom sees his his Black Panther Felina, it reminds him of Catwoman. I wonder why. <laughs> and at this point, reformed former foe of Batman's. And Tom reasons that his knowledge of cats and the fact that he's a man will make him a better cat-themed villain. Um, he also says, I don't know if you're about to say this, but he says his, his knowledge of cat lore, mm-hmm. and I'm mad that he's sexist, but I do want to know more about cat lore. <laughs> I deeply want to know about cat lore. I'm also concerned that he's just going to go with this as his gimmick, and I want to give him a chance to maybe pick a different one. <laughs> maybe Why something a little less obvious. Well, the thing that gets touched on, it does get touched on later, that maybe it's a little too obvious. Mm-hmm. It's just, I mean, right when you know, obviously, uh-huh. but like, it's crime. Do you really want to take your chances that it's like, ah, oh, yes, it'll be so obvious, no one will catch me. <laughs> like, I don't know. Isn't, there have been people who it's like, it's the person who is right under our nose the whole time. Are you talking about in Batman or like in real life? Mm, both. Um, I mean, it, it does happen a lot in fiction, but that's because you usually have in fiction a limited cast of characters to choose from, and so the likelihood that it's someone that was introduced early on in the story is very high. Yeah. I mean, it's always a cop-out if you're reading a book and it was like, and yeah, it's this person you never met. Yeah, yeah. Doesn't that suck? You, you couldn't have solved the mystery even if you had tried. Actually, that's how um, Gillian Flynn's weakest novel ends. <laughs> really? She wrote uh, Sharp Objects, which is great, and mm-hmm. Gone Girl, which is great, and Dark Places, which is not great, because in the end of the book, uh, the main character, the whole book is 
flashing back to the main character's childhood when her entire family was murdered mm-hmm. and her brother was blamed for it and like she she's like oh it probably wasn't my brother though but it might have been um and in the end of the novel it turns out that her mom hired a hitman uh, to kill her because she didn't want to pay the bills on her farm and so it's this uh, it's this other random like oh yeah it's just a hitman serial killer for hire that her mom hired yeah you never heard of him but this, that's who did it it's not a it's not a great book. I love Gillian Flynn, but it's not her best work. Anyway. Anyway. So yes, it is disappointing when it's someone you never heard of in fiction. Back to back to Thomas Blake. Uh, after deciding that he's going to use this this cat gimmick, he decides on the lazy name of Catman. Mm-hmm. Love it. <laughs> and the puns commence, saying that he'll use cats as his cat igori of crime. Mm-hmm. And a week later. Batman and Robin attend the opening of the Gotham Museum's new Egyptian wing, which, of which the most impressive item is a solid gold statue of the cat goddess Bast with emerald eyes. Beautiful. Yeah. I think we should still worship cats. Yeah. I think it's a good idea. It's a great idea for our religion. It's a common misconception that the Egyptians worshipped cats. They it, Bast was a cat goddess, but... It wasn't the only god that they had. Well, no, obviously. They mm-hmm. had, like, bird gods. And and they didn't worship all cats because cats were given as sacrifices, too. Yeah. But th- I, they revered cats. Would you say that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they treated them with respect. Yeah. And we revere cats. We I think do. we could revere them more, honestly. <laughs> In society. Really? Yeah. I, I feel like cat cat memes are, like, a big thing. They're at the internet as a whole sort of reveres cats. They could be more prevalent in my everyday life. In your everyday life? Yes. People could go out and walk their cats. That would be great. We do. I We do, yes. But I work in a place where I see people walking their dogs all the time, and I hardly ever see anybody walking a cat. <laughs> and it always brings me joy when I see one in like a little stroller or something. Aww. And I wish more people would do that. That's the best. It's the best. <laughs> little kitty baby. So anyway, okay. Batman and Robin are at this Egyptian uh, museum wing opening, and suddenly Catman bursts out of the sarcophagus and announces his presence. <laughs> he did burst out of a sarcophagus. <laughs> I thought it was a door. Nope, it's a straight up a sarcophagus. Sur- he's oh, been hiding in a sarcophagus. For a week. <laughs> for a week, just, just to be like, ah, it's me. It's me. So... Uh, I am disappointed that it took Blake a week to make or buy his costume, and this was the best he could come up with. I mean, it's a straight-up ripoff of Batman's costume. It really is, down to the little pointy ears. Yeah, he's he's in yellow spandex, so his colors are different, but he has a cowl, he has the gloves, he has the boots that are all in orange, and then he, instead of a bat symbol, he just has the a big letter C-M on his, on his chest. Yeah. But even his cowl has the little ears. Yeah. But there's like cat ears instead of bat ears. Cat ears, very cute. Which are actually cat ears and bat ears are pretty close. I I think. Whenever I see pictures of kittens that have like big ears, I'm like that thing looks like it's a it's a bat. Yeah, <laughs> I would love a kitten with big ears. Yeah. And grow into them. So Catman grabs a statue. Places it in a kit bag, which is just a duffel bag. I hate that, like, the... I guess it's just, like, the perspective between these two panels. Uh Uh-huh. But it makes it look like the statue is, like, 12 feet tall over here. Uh Uh-huh. And then, like, half a foot, or foot and a half, when when Catman puts it in his bag. Not even. It looks like it's maybe, like, 10 inches. Yeah, it's so tiny. Yeah. You're right, though. It's perspective. It's, like... In, They're in, like, and over here, 15 feet from where we're standing, is a very small statue of Bast. We're not going to go any closer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so he grabs a statue, places it in a, in a kit bag, 
dashes away. Robin gets chased, but he's slashed by the claws on Catman's feet. I really dislike the boots with the sharp toes. Really? I don't. You th- imagine what kind of sound those make on the floor. Imagine him trying ever, to sneak away and he's like... I mean, you, you've you heard, like, if we scare our cats and they're on the, the hardwood floor <laughs> and they, go, and they, sh- sh- they do like a Scooby-Doo yeah. run. No, I hate it. I also hate when they try to scratch the walls. That is poison to my ears. Mm. Mm. So anyway, Robin gets slashed by the claws on Catman's feet. Batman delivers a blow in an attempt to put him down for a quote-unquote cat nap. Mm-hmm. But Catman recovers and uses a cat line, which he explains helpfully that is oil field slang for a hoist rope. Uh, which is, it's just a grappling hook. Again, sort of stealing Batman's gimmicks here. He swings on the light fixture and out the door. He begins fleeing in his Catmobile. So, okay. Yeah. The cat car is just beautiful. Yeah? It's perfect. It's gorgeous. It's better than Catwoman's cat car, I think. Yeah? It's sleek. It's like 89 inspired <laughs> Tim Burton could Actually, never. It looks, it looks more like the sort of, um, I want to say original Batmobile. It's not, that's not what I mean. I mean, it looks like his Batmobile at the time. Yeah. It's got the cat face on the front. Like Batman has that bat face on the front of his Batmobile. Yeah. More importantly, do we think he had this car before he became the pat- the Catman? That's my question because he gets into this car and I'm thinking to myself, he's had a week since he decided to become Catman. Mm-hmm. Did he... And also later we find out he's broke. <laughs> yeah. Did he find a body shop that would make a cat like themed car mm. and was able to turn it around in a week? I don't think so. You think he owned this before? I think probably. It was really? probably a gift. A gift? Um, in the next panel, it says that the the car's motor purrs like a cat. Uh-huh, uh-huh. And I'm curious how he got the engine to purr. And does it have a setting where it goes, meow? I think they just mean, like, you ever hear when, a, when an exotic car... The engine purrs. The engine really purrs, you know? That's code for going... Bah, 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 bah. Yeah, but it doesn't sputter. It's it's supposed to that it has a nice smooth tone to oh, it. Oh, that's what purring means. That's what purring means. Yeah. Okay. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> I'm not a cars person. So Batman and Robin give chase in the Batmobile. They think they have him cornered when they come to a road that is closed due to excavation. However, the Catmobile is equipped with springs that allow it to hop over the pit. You think of a pit like that, they would have more than like a sign. It would be like... Warning road. Oh, you think that, yeah. Like, I don't know, maybe a police line or like a gate. Yeah. Like that. There's like high vis uh, things that stand up that, that are like kind of like a fence or whatever. Mm-hmm. That would be nice. Yeah. But anyway, so he jumps over it, leaves Batman and Robin in the dust. And he, Catman taunts them saying that their silence is quote unquote sweet music to his ears and that the next time, the next crime that he commits will be tomorrow at nine. I hope you don't catch me at my next crime. I'm texting you the coordinates right now. (laughs) Why are these criminals so stupid? They're not. Okay. Well, yeah, he... But, okay. but don't, don't give it away. I have like a whole lot. Don't to give it away that. to the listener. I, I won't. I won't. But literally, it's so dumb. Just do your crime. You don't need to brag about it. <laughs> Back at the Batcave, Robin finds powder on his cape where Catman had swiped him. Catman does coke. And Batman analyzes the substance. He finds out it's the calcium phosphate that we saw from earlier, 
which allows him to deduce that the Catman might be a circus trainer or a zookeeper because they put calcium phosphate on the food that they feed the big cats at the zoo. Yeah. Meanwhile, Catman drives into an abandoned mine underneath his farm, which is described as catacomb-like. Yeah, a fitting den for his cat car. And, like, at what point do you think that Catman will realize he's really overdone this? (laughs) (laughs) Never. Never. He's he's fully committed to the gimmick. I I mean, he was... Honestly, he was fully committed to the gimmick before he even became a villain. I guess. He was he was the cat guy. He was the guy who captures cats and he knows a lot about cats and I He knows all about cat lore. He he had he has like mounted cat heads and cat statues in his apartment or in his sorry, his home already. Mm-hmm. He was already committed to the gimmick. Alright. <laughs> but he drives into his his abandoned mine and it is just now explained to us that Thomas Blake is in deep gambling debt. I know. I love it. I love the, his thought bubble. He's basically like, I'm not bored and I'm rich. Life is good. <laughs> so he does some self-reflection and realizes that maybe he wanted to steal all along to regain the wealth that he once had. Mm-hmm. And... Later that night in Bruce's club, the members joke about how Thomas Blake might secretly be the Catman, and no one takes this notion seriously because it is too obvious. It's so, this is so dumb. (laughs) This is where I think the continuity error is, because a comic says that this happens later that night, but one of the club members in the panel is clearly holding a newspaper with a headline that shows the crime that just happened. Yeah. Unless Gotham's journalists are so quick that they can print and distribute a newspaper within a few, like an hour or whatever to get the latest headlines out. I mean, it's the evening standard, the, I guess. The evening edition. Yeah. But this happens at nighttime. You see in the other panel, it's like the moon is out and it's dark. Yeah, but maybe it's, I don't know, like... It's the, it's the midnight. It's edition. like five when this happens and it's like eight o'clock. Because it's winter. Yeah. Hmm. Mm. I think this did have a cover date of January. Yeah, it's true. <laughs> so, anyway, the next night, the Bat- Batman is preparing for Catman's next crime and has a hunch that his sweet music comment was a hint to the crime. Sure enough, an auction for Stradivarius is happening tonight and violin strings are made of cat gut. Okay, what is cat gut? I was afraid to look it up. Okay. So, disclaimer here, and, and um, sort of mini fact corner for the listeners, cat gut is not made from cat's guts. Good. It is made from intestines, though. Ew. And it's made from, like, horse and sheep intestines. How do they call it horse gut? I don't know. But it's, it's dried horse intestines that are then, like, spun into a, a cord... And is used for violin strings. And also, I learned when I went to Gettysburg and learned about their, like, old-timey medicine, it was also used as stitches material. Ew. Yeah. Can you get, like, vegan violin strings? I guess so. I mean, I think they... Do they make them out of metal now? I would think that they make them out of metal now. I would hope. I would hope that they make them out of metal now. 
But yeah, so cat gut. Oh, also interesting fact about old timey surgeons. Cat gut is like malleable. So mm-hmm. it was used as stitches just like as is. Mm-hmm. And they also used horse hair for stitching. But in order to get horse hair to be malleable, they had to boil it. And they realized that the guys who were getting their stitched up with the horse hair were not dying of infection as much. And they then put two to two together and they were like, oh, boiling stuff must kill bacteria. That's great. (laughs) Even though they didn't know about bacteria back then. What a scientific discovery. I love it. (laughs) Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. All because they used horse hair instead of cat gut. Love it. Leave those cats alone. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, the Catman is not hitting that strat- Stradivarius auction. Mm. He is robbing the Cat and Fiddle nightclub instead. Ooh. And he uses the ejector seat in his car to launch himself into the second floor manager's office. Of course, this nightclub has a two-story tall statue of a cat playing a fiddle. Beautiful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Off-panel, Catman dispatches the manager and grabs the money from the safe. But when he exits, he finds Batwoman waiting for him outside. We've been seeing a lot of Batwoman recently in our comics. Yeah, yeah. I am, however, disappointed because I feel like her whole purpose in a lot of these comics is just to get kidnapped so that that distracts (laughs) the villain long enough so that Batman can get there in time to both defeat them and save her. I mean, that's kind of her whole MO. The early Catwoman. Kathy. The Batwoman, I mean. So... Yes, Catwoman is standing on top of the giant violin that's in the statue's hands, having found him while searching different cat-related venues for his next crime. Catman is able to outwit her by snapping the giant violin's string with his claw and then uses it to tie her up while both hitting on her and then also proposing that they become a criminal team. Yeah, it's really wild to me that Blake didn't just seek out Selena if he was looking for a girlfriend. I mean, that's the obvious choice. Yeah. Catman, Catwoman. <sighs> maybe she's like just not, like, not around anymore. He doesn't know where she went. Yeah, maybe. It, also, Catwoman made a conscious decision to reform. Maybe he thinks that he can do the opposite to Batwoman. Yeah. Where it's like she started out fighting crime and maybe he can get her to turn to a life of crime. It's easier to corrupt someone the first time than to <laughs> get, get them... somebody back to the dark side. Hmm. Hmm. Mm. Interesting theory. Mm. <laughs> yes. So, Kathy... Also, he's got a thing for... I was going to say redheads. And I was like, oh, no, wait, never she has black hair in this. Yeah, yeah. Kathy calls him a fool and assures him that Batman will put him behind bars. He then reveals that he gave Batman a faulty clue on purpose to draw him away from the real scene of the crime, which is not something you see every day in these villains. It's true, yeah. The he His whole sweet music thing was a misdirection. I mean, this is still a, a cat with a giant fiddle. That's true. There's just various ways to interpret these so-called clues. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it just happens that Batman seems to get them right half of the time. Yeah. <laughs> Enough of the time to be able to catch the criminals. Yes. Which maybe they should come up with better clues. Yeah. Honestly. Or not leave clues also is a That's valid true. Choice. I mean, we've been saying that since episode one, I think. Exactly. It's like, don't leave clues for your crimes and Batman will have a much harder time. Mm-hmm. So <laughs> he also tells Batwoman that Batman better hide in a boma the next time I bear my claws. 
Unfortunately for Catman, Batman shows up just in time, having left the auction at nine when he realized that Catman wasn't going to show up, mm-hmm. and benefiting from Batwoman's delaying the Catman. That's all she's good for. Mm, yeah, well, pretty much. Delivering a swift punch, Batman accidentally knocks the bow in the cat's hand loose, and Catman begins to fall with it. So Batman grabs onto the bow and allows Catman to pull himself up. But Catman sees Robin waiting below to capture him, so he jumps to a nearby light pole, and then to his car, where he makes another getaway. That's like an American Ninja Warrior move, to go from like one vertical pole to another. Yeah. That's wild. I mean, he tracked big cats in Africa. He must have had to have been agile in order to be able to, like, dodge them coming at him or whatever. I don't know, maybe. Because he captured them. He didn't, He didn't like, kill... He wasn't hunting them. He he captured uh, them. I mean, he does have that giant... He has a I mean, couple of giant cat heads in his That's house. true. That's true. Well, maybe... He killed some of them. He, I'd, like to, I'd like to think that those were maybe old cats that died of old age that he went and got taxidermied because he loved them so much. Sad. Not true. <laughs> I can dream. I can... Listen, don't break my fantasies. All right. Anyway, he makes his getaway, but he doesn't have the loot this time. Batman and Robin free Batwoman, who mentions the Boma comment from earlier. And that comment, tied with Batman looking into Blake's account, leads him to Catman's lair. It it helps him figure out who the Catman is. Mm -hmm. Uh, Question I have for you. How did Batman check Blake's bank account? That is the exact same question I wrote. I said, (laughs) how did Batman hack into Blake's bank account? I mean, this is like the 1960s. They didn't have an online database of right? people's bank accounts. It was probably on paper in the physical bank. Okay. Did he call up the bank and go, this is Batman. I need I need the bank records from somebody. Yes, very well could have worked. He also may have either gone to the bank in person mm-hmm. as Batman and was like, it's Batman. Show me this man's bank account. And they'd be like, okay. That's or, unlawful search and seizure, though. Or, he needs a warrant for that. Or... He was able to get a convincing fake ID, dress up as Blake, go to the bank and be like, hello, I'd like to see my balance, please. He would need Blake's, like, er, sorry, Blake's account number, though, to get into his account. Maybe. <laughs> I feel like just a driver's license would have done it in 1963. That does, doesn't make any sense to me. So they go to Tom's mine where they find the tire tracks lead to, and it's lined... When they get inside, it's lined with cat-eye-shaped lights. I love the aesthetic so of that. It's did he cool. wire these up himself? Yes. Or did the mine come pre-installed with cat-eye-shaped lights? Oh, no, no. It's definitely a self-job. Okay, okay. <laughs> I guess he must have... He's shown to be somewhat of an electrician, because I'm sure that he didn't have someone else install those traps that he uses later. No, probably not. As the duo wander through the catacombs, they are trapped by electrified bars that shoot up from the floor. Oh no. And an alarm sounds, alerting Catman to their presence. And as the feline foe gloats over the intercom, Batman spots the generator, which is likely powering the bars that are trapping them. And so he hatches sort of a scheme. Robin distracts the Catman by telling them how he, they figured out his identity, with the last clue being that the Boma was a Swahili word for a thorny stockade to protect against rampaging lions. It's very on brand that, like, Robin saves the day by explaining how he and Batman are little know-it-alls. <laughs> They're like, we knew that this meant this. That's how, and also we have to do a bank account. <laughs> 
And according to Wikipedia, a boma is actually any enclosure. It's a Swahili word for like any enclosure from a defensive fort wall to a livestock enclosure, not necessarily something that's put on to keep out lions, put up to keep out lions. Mm. So meanwhile, while Robin is explaining all of this, Batman uncoils a copper wire from his bat radio and attaches it to the batarang. He throws the wire and creates a connection between the bars and the generator, which overloads the generator and causes the bars to drop, which frees the Masked Manhunter and the Boy Wonder. They then head into Catman's lair, which is furnished with a throne that has the initial CM inscribed on it, mm-hmm. a tiger skin mounted on the wall, and more mounted cat heads. But also the most important thing in his lair. They find him riding a gigantic robot cat. It's the most beautiful thing I've ever seen. It's genius. There's no way he was able to throw it together in a week. (laughs) It's beautiful. You think he had this too beforehand? Oh yeah. No, he's been working on on RoboCat for years. This is his beautiful... This is why he's in debt. (laughs) He, He started a gambling habit to pay for... Robot cat. Robot cat. For like a for like a t- 15 foot tall robot cat. That was eventually going to become his best friend. Yes. <laughs> you know, I kind of do want to see a comic now that is the adventures of Catman and RoboCat. Yes. That's going to be our next project. <laughs> Did you say you had names for this cat? Well, RoboCat was what, what, is, what I'm calling it. RoboCat's a good one. I'm going to call him uh, Skittles. Oh, okay. Skittle, how about Skittles the RoboCat? Skittles the RoboCat, yes. Uh, the, the giant robotic cat takes a swipe of Batman and Robin, which creates a hole in the wall and leads to his workshop. Thinking fast, Batman grabs a can full of nuts and bolts and throws it into the robot cat's mouth, which fouls up the gears and causes it to fall over and stop working. Tragic. <laughs> Catman then leaps from the robot and begins yet another escape, this time running through a cavern which contains underground river rapids, and on the other side of these river rapids is a shortcut to his cat car. However, as he leaps to a rock in the center of the river, it gives way underneath his weight, and he's pulled under by the water, going over a waterfall and disappearing. Yikes. Robin remarks that that's the last they'll be seeing of the Catman. But Batman reminds him that cats have nine lives. This comic ends so sadly. Really? And Robin's like kind of weirdly casual about it. He's I mean, like, well, that's the last we'll see him. That's, I, that one's done. <laughs> like dusts his hands off. <laughs> I feel like Robin's very casual about a lot of stuff. Yeah. Like crimes He's happen. Like, and- Whoops, just saw a man die. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> Robin sees crimes happen all the time and... He musters up the ability to like make puns and stuff. About I guess it. I don't know. He's he's incredibly casual about a lot of stuff. He is. I also want to touch on some of the little comics that are at the end of this. Uh, that's the that's the end of this comic. Yeah. Uh, maybe we'll see a return of Catman. Ooh, I don't know. <laughs> so there's a little comic that comes after this called Weird Laws, and I used to love these things as a kid. I love, used to love like hearing them in, in joke books or those interesting like scholastic sort of grab bag books. But now that we have the internet and can fact check stuff, I'm not sure that all of these are real. Mm-hmm. All of these like fake law or all of these weird laws are real. 
the comic says that Corning, Iowa forbids a man from asking his wife to ride in a motor vehicle, which is a, a weird law. Um, but I scoured the entire Corning, Iowa ordinances. I literally went to Corning, Iowa's webpage, downloaded the city ordinances, and did like a control F for motor vehicle, for wife, for like all the keywords that I could think of and could not find this law on the books. Mm-hmm. So either it never existed or it existed at one time and they, they took it off the books. It's possible, yeah. Um, North Carolina forbids elephants from plowing cotton fields. Now this one may sound weird and made up, but this actually is a real one. I could find this statute and it's because circuses would come through town and have elephants plow fields as like a demonstration, but the elephants would end up destroying the land and property. Okay. So uh, South North Carolina forbid this from like occurring. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's another one. Illinois authorized towns to require every citizen between 21 and 50 years old to labor in the streets for two days each year. Again, couldn't find a source on this one. Couldn't find anything on the books. Uh, and in Hollywood, California, you cannot drive more than 2,000 sheep down Hollywood Boulevard. But like 1,999? Yes. You're good. You're going A-okay. Yeah. Definitely great. <laughs> Very strange. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes laws just get on the books and then people just like forget about them for decades. Yeah. I mean, that, that definitely happens. But like I was saying, like I looked some of these up and could not find the actual statutes, but there are definitely ones like weird old laws that are still on the books that never get repealed just because they aren't enforced anyway. Mm -hmm. So like a law without enforcement doesn't mean anything, Mm -hmm. which is a weird way to think about laws, isn't it? Yeah, (laughs) I guess so. Even if it's on the books and if it doesn't get enforced, it's not really a law, is it? All laws are just words, Joshua. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. Wow. (laughs) Um, Do you want to hear about this villain? Catman? Yeah. Give me one more second, because we we get a PSA comic at the end here, too. All right. Uh, It's about a a kid named Stan who plays football. He turns down the opportunity to go to a Beethoven concert because, quote, it's for sissies. And then the next day, the newspaper shows that his favorite football star was at the concert, which Stan flat out refuses to believe. Mm. (laughs) And when he visits the athlete for football pointers... The man is painting on an easel, and Stan realizes that he could get pointers about other stuff as well. Mm -hmm. I guess art appreciation. (laughs) Football men don't just throw ball good. Yeah. They do other stuff good, too. Some of them are well-rounded renaissance men. Mm, Not many. At least not anymore, also. Mm. Some of them, now it's just like, some of them are also professional wrestlers. Or, uh... Criminal. (laughs) Yeah, that's too. Some of them assault their spouses. Yeah. (laughs) Or... Do dog fighting. Yeah. You know. And that's not just that's just not just football. No. Yeah, no. It's kind of a thing that happens in professional sports all around. A lot of the time. So uh here's a PSA. Don't beat your spouse or your significant other. Or anyone. Or abuse animals. Yeah, that too. Be be good. Be a good person. Be like Catman. Revere your cats. <laughs> Build a giant robotic cat. Build a giant robotic cat and let it be your best friend. All right. Now do you want to hear about him? Now I want to hear about Catman. Tell me everything you know. So despite the fact that drowning does kill most people, Mm -hmm. Catman resurfaced only a few months later (laughs) in August of 1963. Oh. 
This time he planned to steal the most precious treasure of all, Batwoman's heart. Great. Catman creates a situation where he has the ability to save Batwoman's life, making her have all these like complicated Stockholm Syndrome-esque feelings for him, mm. where he's like, well, he's mean, but he's, he saved my life, so now I don't know how I feel about him. And then he lures her into his lair and shows her that he has this huge portrait of her. And from then on, like, it's over. She's in. She's 100%. Well, she loves huge portraits of herself. She does. If you'll remember the first comic that we read with her in it, Mm -hmm. she keeps a giant portrait of herself in her own Batcave. She does. She absolutely does. (laughs) Uh, So she dons her new Catwoman, not that one, costume. Mm. This one has a hyphen. Uh, but she double crosses him, alerting Batman and Robin, who seemingly kill Blake again after his escape speedboat explodes. He, I, he like runs it into rocks or something, right? Yeah, it explodes. <laughs> Later, it's revealed that Catman's suit is actually made of a magical cloth that grants the wearer nine lives. And this is how he's able to escape death time and time again. And he, all of this he found in a week. Yeah. In a week, he found... He d- found a magical cloth right right, at, right in Joanne Fabrics. <laughs> he found it. It's great. In the Gotham branch of Joanne Fabrics. Yeah. You know what? I'm sure it's explained in a future comic that it's like, oh, yeah, this was an artifact that he got on one of his many trips to Africa. Oh, yeah. by a shaman. And mm. he was like, I don't know, I'm going to costume out of it. Mm. Uh, so on their next meeting, Catman tries to throw Batwoman to her death because he's like, listen, I love you, but I love freedom more. And if you're alive, you'll capture me. Uh, luckily, That's crazy. I know. Love makes people do crazy things. <laughs> luckily, Batman saves her and Blake is finally thrown in prison after being on the run for like two years straight. <laughs> well, uh, presumed dead yes. for two years straight. Yeah, but on, on the run. His next appearance is against a group called the Freedom Fighters, who are a New York-based crime, a group of crime busters. Mm-hmm. Uh, and by this time, he has become the front man of a gang of super agile cat-like criminals. Oh. Yeah. So he starts his own cat gang. Actually, the cat gang starts themselves independently. Oh. And they he... come across, they recruit Catman, and they're like, will you be our leader? <laughs> We're a gang, and you need a gang. And you could be our leader. We need a leader. So that happens. Does that happen very often where there's like a group of people and they're like, we need to recruit from outside? Yeah. Yeah? Yeah. We need to hire from outside. We need to do an external hire. Yeah. <laughs> Instead of promoting from within. <laughs> so the Freedom Fighters are able to stop this gang from the absolutely atrocious, heinous crime they're attempting to commit, mm-hmm. uh, which is stealing rare Siamese kittens. Oh. Yeah. Oh, baby. Stealing them from who? From what? A, like a, a pet rescue, an animal rescue. Something and, like that. Well, okay, what were they going to do with them? Probably sell them to the highest bidder. <laughs> I would guess. Okay, yeah. so it's it's like what, the thing that happened with Lady Gaga not too, not too long ago where someone... Uh, kidnapped her dogs. Kidnapped her dogs and then tried to... Re- and then shot her dog walker. <laughs> yeah, well, they shot the dog walker in the attempt to get the dogs. Yes. But I don't think, the way that the story has played out so far, I don't think they knew that they were Lady Gaga's dogs when they took them because they released them after the the crime was, like, too hot. I guess. There's no way we can fence these dogs. Yeah, exactly. They're too hot. <laughs> these dogs are too hot. Oh, man. All right. 
So Catman emerges again, stealing an Egyptian cat god collection from the mm. museum. Not just one statue. Not just one statue, the entire collection. Yeah. Uh, distressingly, Selena Kyle is blamed for this crime, and she goes on an adventure to both clear her name mm. and also steal back one of the Egyptian urns, which contains an herb that is a cure to a deadly disease that she is suffering from. <laughs> so time is of the essence in this adventure for Selena. What? Yeah. Um, Batman does eventually catch up to her because he's chasing her because he's like, well, I think she did it probably. Mm -hmm. But she's like, no, listen, it wasn't me. And they kiss. And he's like, I believe you. Um, (laughs) And the two follow Catman to a remote island that he's purchased from like a Greek billionaire. Uh, And where is he getting all this money from? From all of his crimes. He was in debt. Actually, you know what? So what happened in that one was they did a trade. So he oh. told the Greek billionaire that he would steal these Egyptian cat artifacts for him. And in return, the billionaire was going to give him an island that he could then use as like a refuge for escaped criminals to like live out their days. Mm, it's like it's like on international waters or whatever. I don't know. But- yeah, it's Greek. Anything goes there. <laughs> um. And yeah, so together they end up on this island where Catman again seemingly dies Mm. when Selena accidentally knocks him to the edge of a geyser, which then erupts. Uh, The urn that has the herbs in it is also lost, but Selena's mysterious illness is just cured when she gets back to Gotham. So she's okay. She just gets better. (laughs) She she just needed some fresh air on that island. Yeah, you know, she goes back and Batman's like, oh, I spent two hours in the lab. Here's the cure. Oh, yeah, yeah. He gives her an injection or something. I don't know. Mm, Deus Ex Machina, if I ever did see it. Yeah. Uh, So Catman briefly passes the mantle to his crazy cellmate. This is quite a few years later. He's finally captured. Uh uh um, And he shares a cell with a man named Collins, who's constantly talking in his sleep. About five, about $50,000 that he hid underneath Gotham in the catacombs. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Wait, in, in Catman's catacombs? In just some catacombs. Oh, in some catacombs that exist under Gotham. Under Gotham, yeah. Okay, okay. Uh, Collins and Blake escape prison together, um, and Blake is able to sort of convince Collins that his... Uh, his cat suit is made of like magical powers that mm-hmm. allow him to have nine lives and also like gives him crazy luck like a cat would have. Um, and Blake is eventually defeated by Batman when he tries to steal another statue of Bast. And then Collins acquires the cat suit, which he thinks is magic and gives the wearer good luck. But all of the good luck that he has is like orchestrated by Batman to get him to eventually lead the cops to where his $50,000 is hiding so they can just like get it. They sort of just like let him like play Catman and be like, wow, I can't get caught by the cops. But they're just like, just lead us to the $50,000, please. And then he gets caught. Wow. So that kind of leads us into Crisis, Uh which was 85. Okay. Uh, So when everything was reset, the post-Crisis Catman basically has the same origin as Uh pre-Crisis. And there's a whole lot of storylines that happened to him post-Crisis. Didn't really want to go into all of those. But I did want to point out that during a 2005 event called Villains United, Catman moves to Africa and begins living with a pride of lions. And this is actually following a suicide attempt where he was like... 
I don't have the will to live anymore. I don't want to do this. Um, and when he lives in this pride of lions, he gets in peak physical condition. He regains his sense of self-worth and he finds like meaning in his life again. Wow. His utopia, sadly, is ruined when Catman refuses to join the secret society of supervillains. And in return, the pride is slaughtered. <gasps> I know. It's sad. Wow. Who did it? Uh We'll see. Oh. Uh, Catman seeks vengeance and joins the Secret Six to help destroy the society of supervillains. He does learn that Deadshot was the one who murdered the lions. <gasps> wow. Um, Deadshot's just an all-around bad guy. Well, Deadshot was like, I don't know, he was doing it under the orders of somebody else. Oh, just, okay. You know, I mean, he's a, yeah, he's a, he's a contract killer, so yeah. he probably got paid handsomely. And also, he apologized. Really? And Catman forgave him. Aww. And they kind of became like sort of friends a little Interesting. bit. Interesting. Yeah. During this time, uh, Catman is also tricked into conceiving a child with fellow Secret Six member Cheshire, who's Artemis's sister from Young Justice. Oh. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That was a little weird. They're both kind of cat villains and they have a baby. I don't wow. know. I guess great minds think alike. Yeah. But he was tricked, <laughs> apparently. Oh. Okay. Uh, yeah. It's so... It's, I'm still... I still can't get over that he forgave Deadshot. Like, oh, yeah, you killed my surrogate family, but, right? like... <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. We're good. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, stuff happens. I get it. We're good. Um, okay, so Catman has appeared in a lot of Batman animated media, like the new Batman Adventures, Brave and the Bold, and the Lego Batman movie... But the animated portrayal I want to draw attention to is actually not in the Batman universe at all. And really? I feel like maybe you know about this, but I'm not sure because you did not grow up watching cable television at no, all. No, I did not grow up watching cable television. Because when I looked at the Catman costume, I was like, oh yeah, I know who this guy is. I've seen this costume somewhere before. And it wasn't until I came across this that I was like, oh, that's why I know it so well. Because mm-hmm. I never watched Brave and the Bold. I'm not really super into yeah, and like, I mean, Brave know, and the Bold came out when I think both of us were in like high school or something we yeah. like weren't in sort of the the watching uh c- cartoons phase yeah um and i saw the lego batman movie but like not every villain like you know really oh yeah the, the, i think he might maybe has one line in that if he has any lines yeah so so here's the reason why the catman suit and the catman name was so familiar to me uh-huh in the fairly odd parents yes the actor adam west lives in dimsdale and is friends with the main character, Timmy Turner. Okay, wait, wait, wait. He's actually actor Adam West? Yes, and voiced by Adam West as well. Okay, okay. Yes. The actor Adam West, the real one, uh, lives in Dimsdale and is friends with Timmy Turner. In the Fairly Odd Parents universe, however, Adam West played a character named Catman on classic television. Okay. Like, you know, in the yeah. 60s or whatever. Yes, yes, yes. Um, and he sometimes still dons the suit and attempts to fight crime in Dimsdale. <laughs> <laughs> and he like brings Timmy with him and I don't know, it's kind of this weird thing where he's like, Oh yeah, before I played Catman as a kid, I played Cat Kid. So it's sort of like his whole life he was just like in show business and played Catman and stuff. And the costume he wears as Catman is the exact same costume of Catman in the DC comics, except with a cat symbol where the CM is supposed to be on the chest. So it's kind of like a weird double reference because anybody who's got like sort of a passing knowledge of like Adam West would be like, oh yeah, this is like a Batman reference. It's like a ripoff I get of, it. Of, of Batman. But it's also like, that's also an actual character and you're wearing his actual costume. <laughs> same like color scheme and everything. Did, okay. You might not know the answer to this question, mm-hmm. but 
did D- did like DC give the Fairly Odd Parents the the go ahead? I don't know. I because couldn't... here's what I know is I know like Fairly Odd Parents was a Nickelodeon cartoon, right? Yes. And DC like Warner Brothers' stuff was on Cartoon Network. So it was different networks. I mean, Animaniacs was on Nickelodeon. So was it was Tiny it? Toons. Okay. And maybe maybe back in the end uh, I know it was on. Fo- I know Batman the Animated Series was on Fox. Fox Kids. Yeah, Fox Kids and stuff. I know Animaniacs was on Nickelodeon. Nickelodeon. Yeah, mm. I know that much. Interesting. I don't know if they got permission. I truly don't. <laughs> I don't know if anybody at DC Comics really cared that much. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Catman's kind of obscure. He did. I mean, he he's been in comics for a while. Yeah. You know. Yeah. I don't know, but um. Yeah, to me, that's, like, the most, like, prevailing, like, Catman that we have of the modern era is, like, the weird, like, Adam West ripoff character from the Fairly Odd Parents. That's, that's so weird. Yeah, it is. Hmm. So, yeah, that's that. That's everything I have on, uh, Catman. Okay. Yeah. And with that, we're done the podcast? Yeah. Moral of the story, uh, love your cats, pet your cats. Steal cat artifacts mm-hmm. and uh, don't die. Misdirect Batman if you can. Yeah. Uh, build build your super suit out of uh, magic cloth. Come back to life. <laughs> yeah. Uh, build a robot cat. Build a robot cat and uh... write a screenplay. <laughs> Maybe you'll get best screenplay. If it's if it's good enough, you won't get best director, but you'll probably get best screenplay. <laughs> I am excited for that entire movie. Yeah, me too. I think it's going to be really good. Okay. All right. Well, we've been Batmates. You can reach us if you have questions, comments, concerns. You want to tell us how much you love Catman, uh, how much you dislike Catman. Uh, you can write us at batmatespodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter at Batmates. And with that... We are finished. Have a good week. Bye. Goodbye, everyone. Bye.